0: everyone, welcome to another edition of the Sports Illustrated Tennis Podcast. I'm John Wertheim, thanks for joining us. Each week, we talk tennis. Players, coaches, assorted other guests and dignitaries like the one we have today. I would say this is a minor week in the tennis schedule. A little bit of hangover after Wimbledon. We had Chris Everett using a phrase during her train wreck cameo. I don't know if you guys saw that. Chris Everett, nice role in... Train wreck using a phrase she could not use in ESPN. We had Davis Cup hijinks. We had Bernard Tomic get arrested. We had Nick Curios say that Bernard Tomic just needs some time to grow up. <laughs> Presumably Nick Curios now being treated for a tongue-in-cheek injury. We had Indiana's Rajiv Ram win at Newport, a title on grass. Serena Williams doesn't have Jordan Spieth to worry about. She is now the only athlete that won... The first three legs of the Grand Slam. Overall, though, a soft week in tennis, so we're gonna talk some big picture issues. My guest today, you'll get to know her well, our new tennis editor, longtime colleague of mine, friend, confidant, Elizabeth Newman. You are a guest. One day soon you will be a host. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Thank you, thank you. And that's Queen Elizabeth. We just got back from Wimbledon, so Queen Elizabeth.
0: That is a perfect segue. (laughs) Queen Elizabeth Newman, our new tennis editor. At Sports Illustrated, just got back from Wimbledon. It was her first time there. She wrote eloquently about the experience. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, Recap what you wrote. What struck you? Uh,
1: The difference between Wimbledon, the tradition, um, the totality of the entire tournament versus what we experience here at the Open. Um, When you go to the U.S. Open, you're basically going to Flushing. You're going to a, a venue in Queens. You used to be able to look across Ash and be able to see horrible, sad Shea Stadium and um, wonder what the hell is going That's, on here. You mean Arthur Ashe. Though yeah.
0: It literally could be Ash <laughs> with no E. We have to distinguish.
1: Yes. Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, whereas you go to Wimbledon, it's an entire country in itself. You know, we stayed, we stayed at a flat there. Um, we were on Wimbledon Hill Road in Wimbledon Village. I walked past Wimbledon House. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the restaurants, you know, had Wimbledon in their titles, in, their, in the cafes, in the windows. Um, it was just, it was a sight to behold. I loved every single moment of it. I had strawberries and cream every day, even though I'm a type 1 diabetic. Um, <laughs> That's <sacrifice. laughs> Um, So yeah, so I, I had a great time. Saw some great tennis, sat on Henman Hill, not um, the Mount as people, some people call it, mm. but Henman Hill for me. So, uh,
0: Jamie Murray mound. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the lone Murray in the, the finals this year. Murray. But uh, no, I I always say people people go to Wimbledon. I've yet to come across someone who says, eh, it didn't really live up to expectations. That's but I've not had a real tennis fan. To, uh, Anyone who
1: says that is not a tennis fan. I've
0: had, I've had people say, oh, it's my bucket list to go to the Indy five hundred and eh, or I you do. Know, I took my son to the Super Bowl when it was here yeah. in, in New York. That was you know. A chunk of change I'll never get back. Did not <laughs> leave a lasting impression. Nobody goes to Wimbledon and says no. didn't live up to the hype.
1: No, not at all, ever. They're not living. They have no pulse if they say that.
0: Put it on your bucket list. Did anything not meet expectation? Anything surprise you?
1: Um, that there's no ice in Europe. You know, <laughs> you, have to, like, you have to buy ice. There are no ice trays in the refrigerators anywhere in Europe. So um, it was constant maneuvering to try how to keep our beverages cold. Um, the bars close very early. So there's no, you know, crawling I'm, I'm home at four a theme o'clock. Here. Yeah. A- anything
0: yeah. not related to potables that uh, disappointed you?
1: No, not okay. at all. Nothing.
0: Next year, we'll bring a cooler. <laughs> so you could not discern this from a podcast, but you could if you were here in studio. You are an African American woman, Queen Elizabeth Newman.
1: Last time I checked, yeah, I have a good tan now, so I'm really brown.
0: To that end, I'm interested in your perspective on another big story in tennis this week, which is sort of media treatment of of Serena Williams. You wrote about this. I'm not saying because you're African-American you are de facto, you know, you're duty-bound to have an opinion, but you wrote, again, I thought poignantly about this issue, particularly vis-a-vis her body image. And I'm curious generally. I mean, I always say that one of the hardest things about covering tennis, not that this is, you know, employment that we complain about but everything about the Williams sisters is often portrayed through a prism of race Uh and i I would say you could say something totally and not you know serena has a great forehand and some people will say you're privileged and white and can't realize it but her backhand is good too and other people will say steffi graf's forehand was just as good but you're blinded by political correctness and so you're only talking about serena i mean ever the most innocuous statement seems to get parsed and i'm curious i mean you you talked about this a little bit in your essay but i'm curious sort of from your perspective what you make of media treatment of serena williams in general
1: i think one it would be different if it were a different sport um but given that it's tennis which is um for the most part historically a a white sport um a sport of privilege of the elite and then you have these two Um, strong, imposing African-American women come in and dominate, um, it it brings the racial element into it because people aren't used to seeing that, not in tennis. You're used to seeing it, you know, with athletes in basketball, uh, football, track and field. But tennis is supposed to be, for all intents and purposes, an other. And since they came in, and I mean, they took it by storm and have been doing so since 1998, 99, um, without any apologies at all. I think that is gotten into the minds of a lot of people. But overall, if you look at um, images of body and aesthetics in general across the board, women as a whole, one, we're treated differently. We're um, ranked more harshly than a male. But black women in particular um, are looked at because they're held up to the prism of what A certain standard of beauty is supposed to be like and if you look at the Williams sisters it comes down to race generally of who's going to find them attractive for every person you have on the internet mostly sometimes in some cases white males um, because you really don't get a lot of females bashing it's usually the males that are talking um so candidly about how they look but a lot of the males who are bashing them are white males a lot of their fans who say that they are beautiful or that they are sexy are black males. I remember when um, Serena was in SI Swimsuit years ago, and, you know, in, in certain circles, people wondered why, you know, they were in the swimsuit issue, why not, you know, other blonde tennis players. And then you had – I was, you know, covering – still um, covering the NBA um, and in, in locker rooms a lot, and the guys went crazy over Serena. Um, so whereas you can have like a Anna Kornikova who is probably a pinup up model, a pin-up tennis dream for a lot of ten- male tennis fans, Serena is that for a lot of black male fans. And they don't have to be tennis fans. A lot of these guys have never watched tennis in their lives. But they look at Serena and they're like, Tow, look at that. She's the complete package.
0: How much of this is just why are we even talking about this? There was, there was a great piece. I don't know if you saw this in the New York Times. I should have sent it to you where someone did a spoof and said, on the eve of the Super Bowl, Tom Brady was asked about his physique. Russell Wilson said, I don't need muscles like that because I'm a boy. I mean, why are we even talking about Anna Kornikova and swimsuit issues and whether NBA players think the Williams sisters are hot or not?
1: Um, Because we run out of topics. You know, there's only so many stories you can come up with about a tennis match. Also because we care about aesthetics. We care about beauty. We care about perceptions of beauty. We have this idea in our head of what women are supposed to look like. In general, as it relates to males, women are supposed to be um, slight, um, not dominant, not overbearing. They're not supposed to be independent. And those are things that the average female athlete, whether they be black or white, they are all of those things. Um, And so when you have someone who is on the scene and who is on the front page and who is winning all the time, and they are the pillar of strength it kind of goes against you know the patriarchal society of what the gender roles are supposed to be
0: i think you raised several interesting points but you know one that struck me is this notion of we don't really write about matches yeah i mean their backhands and their forehands and their breaks of serve but being a tennis fan is a lot about the other stuff and the gestalt and these plot lines and I you know i'm as guilty as anyone but
1: well there are no uniforms there are no helmets there are no, there are masks. no teammates yeah not so it's an individual sport so it's everyone there for, out there for themselves um the women wear skirts the guys wear shorts um at wimbledon you know everyone's in the same color so you're critiquing how creative they can be in their wimbledon white um but i think i said that in in my essay that with all of the vitriol that you saw online and the backlash about uh, Serena's body and, you know, the New York Times article, you had to wonder, are people even watching the tennis? Like the New York York Times article came out on the eve of the women's final and created such a buzz online. You had to wonder, okay, but did you guys watch any of this greatness leading up to this moment? And I don't think most did.
0: I just think that Tennis, t- to me, is this wonderful sport, and these players are out there, and it's one-on-one, and it's combat, and there's this element of strategy. I mean, there are a hundred reasons I love tennis, but it's not a great writing sport. It's also not a great watching sport. You I mean, go to say, matches, yeah. and like, yeah. you notice people are on their phone, and they're up and walking around. And to me, that makes all of these extra competition issues, I mean, outside of competition. I mean, no, no one sits around the bar and says, oh, my God, did you see that backhand he hit at 3-4 in the first set? They say, is he a jerk? Is he arrogant? Who's he dating? What did he wear? Tell me about his country. Nick Curios, we're not talking about his serve and his deceptive foot speed. We're Mm -hmm. talking about whether he has lines cut in his hair or whether he's having a tantrum. And I, I think that's one of the issues that plays into the Williams sisters. They're in a sport where... For better or worse, the actual competition isn't always the focus.
1: It's not always the focus. I mean, you go, you look at any tennis match, you observe the crowd, like you said. Um, They consider themselves to be experts and elitists. But at the same time, I think there's an element of them being posers as well. Um, Most of them don't know the names of the top five players on either side of the tour. Um, A lot of times it's their first time at a tennis match. It's their first time watching a tennis match. They don't know the lingo. They don't know the history. But it's a social status to say, you know, I was on center court at Wimbledon. I was at Arthur Ashe. I saw Roger Federer. Um, So you get a lot of that and not a lot of real fans I shouldn't say real fans, but fans who are more involved with the sport like you would with football, who are, like, you know, diehard. There's going to be no fantasy tennis, put it that way. No one's going to be creating these oh, like, you tennis teams. Oh, you speak too teams. soon. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: uh, it's, it's coming. But, no, it's hard. I mean, the other thing I always say that's hard about tennis is we all love analytics and advanced stats. But – what Serena Williams does when Serena Williams wins 17 straight three set matches, when Serena Williams is down a break and still figures out a way to win. Everyone, and her brother knew she was going to win that match against Heather Watson at Wimbledon, even though she was two points. From I didn't. That's,
1: <laughs> if
0: you look at that, you know, it's interesting. She, she loses that first set to Azarenka and the betting line still had Serena as a favorite. But to me, to me, um, there's a lot that goes on in tennis that really sort of escapes advanced stats. And I think that this this whole sort of big data way to ingest sports has done wonders for basketball and and baseball and to some extent football. I think it's still a little bit lost on tennis. But um no, I I think I'll, I'll, let's talk about the New York Times story too because that obviously a lot of chatter out there in uh social mediaville, the trolls came out from under their bridges. I got to be honest, I I read that story and in part because I think I'd heard some of these themes before. Um I read the story and I said, boy, that's that's sort of an interesting piece to have this weekend. Where mm-hmm. We're at the threshold yeah. of history. Yeah. And, and I think you and I talked about this where you're using Serena as an example, but there's certainly players that hit faster serves. And there's certainly players that are probably more muscular. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Stoser is a player who's yeah. who's very muscular. Sam Guns, it's sort of a running joke yeah. on tour. And she's just, you know, sheepishly will flex sometimes. Um <laughs> I thought that I thought that sort of juxtaposition of Serena was strange. But I, I have to confess I did not get to the end of that story and, you know, stomp around and say this is an outrage. I um I sort of questioned the timing and the execution, but I didn't think it was and I, part of that's because I know Ben and I know his sensibilities.
1: And that's why I thought when I read it, I didn't say this is an outrage. I said it should have been framed better. Um Because like you you just brought up, you know, the centerpiece of the story was uh, Serena and everyone comparing their body or their physique or their game to Serena. And it just looked like on the surface, especially with so much going on already um, with people talking about, you know, she's a man, she's this, she's that. It looked like you had all of these white tennis players saying, I don't want to look like the black girl. And that's where you kind of have to step back as an editor, as a writer, and just say, is that really what I'm trying to say? Because uh, if it is, then fine, say it, and then defend it or whatever, and then Twitter will bash you, and all will be right with the world. But um, That I don't, was your
0: impression, though, having read the piece. That, that's that I
1: saw it through that lens. Um, I don't think that that was what Ben was trying to say, though. Um, like you said, I know Ben, you know Ben. I, I never once thought that that's what he was trying to say, but that's the way it came across to me. Um, so I took issue with it and, and wrote about it, but even in my piece, my piece just wasn't about the New York times article. It was about the totality of the situation because I had been online, um, kind of observing what people were saying about Serena. Cause you would think that everyone would be so hyped over the fact that she's about to make history. And yes, there was a lot of that. There's a lot of Serena praise, but then you have the trolls, so to speak, who always come out. And for every person who says that a minority is the one that brings race into it, no, a lot of racists bring race t- into it, and that was one of the pervasive topics. Was her body throughout the entire week at Wimbledon? Um, you, want,
0: you want to have an argument about this?
1: Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
0: This is this is my great. I tried to address this. I mean, I, I I really am trying to tread carefully because I don't want to diminish what Serena has to deal with. I see these. You know, I get the same emails as everybody else does. I see some horrible, vile material that's that's just not even worth repeating. I think Serena gets this in an unprecedented way, at least in tennis. Having said all that, I think this is really a vocal minority. I see so much more praise. I see people that she's inspired. I see celebrities that love her. I see a lot of fandom towards Serena, and I hate to think that a couple of guys with 11 followers that say repugnant things or a couple of idiots in the comments section that can't even use their own name are driving this discussion. And you see these bigger, these sort of these journalists that parachute in and it, the theme is sort of Serena Williams has crashed this lily white bastion. And there's so much ambient hate. And this is what she has to put up with. And I, you know, you, you talk to fans, you talk to former players. I mean, she is rightfully admired and adored and beloved and, I hate the notion they they unquestionably exist, but I feel like this is really an ugly minority.
1: It's an ugly minority that has a big voice and a voice that has been pervasive since they first hit the scene. I mean, it's been the same themes with this minority um, for almost 20 years now. And I think the voice keeps getting louder and louder and louder with the enhancement of social media. Because, you know, social media, everyone can say whatever they want and there are no repercussions. Um, nothing bad happens to you. You maybe get your Twitter account, you know, canceled. But other than that, nothing happens. But, I mean, what, two years ago you had the head of the Russian Tennis Federation calling them brothers. Right.
0: Um, yeah, but, what, but people have often cited that. But the the B side of that, the flip side of that is this guy was absolutely – drummed out of the sport he was suspended he was fight- it was a race to see who could condemn him true
1: quicker. but the the sentiment was put out there
0: right but the um, notion that this was like went you know unremarked upon
1: no I no i right. i would never say that it doesn't it's not unremarked upon even with um a lot of the things that came out you know while we were at wimbledon online i mean the the fans came out in droves in support of serena But again, there's still this topic. Um, There's still the headlines. And from that one New York Times article, you know, you had all of these different stories coming out that was making the issue bigger on both sides of the equation. um, You have people saying that they're using steroids, that, you know, um, that they're never tested, that they're not really women. I mean, it's just, it's the same stuff over and over and over again. It would be different if it was a new topic, a new accusation. Right.
0: Um, I, I still hate to think that, you know, uh, unquestionably the subset exists, but it's a subset, and I would. I think there always going to be Williams people who don't like popular. Serena and
1: Venus, and and you are more than welcome to like whomever you want. Um, some people say she had they don't like her attitude. Um, they don't like her style of play. They don't like Richard. I think a lot of the bad blood with um, the tennis public comes from Richard and how he brought them onto the scene with this unapologetic attitude. But I, but I feel
0: like that's like update the playbook already. I mean, but, but that's but, that's, like,
1: but that but that whole, has held over with some people. Um, so not not all of it is about race. However. Um, a lot of it is. And we're just talking about right. the ones that don't like them. Not, we're not saying that, you know, this is... No one in America likes Serena. Everyone's bashing her. But there is a segment of the population that, you know, for whatever reason, she will right. always be a villain.
0: I'm just, you know, I I talk to athletes in other sports, and they hear I like tennis, and the first thing they say is, ah, I love that Serena Williams. Yeah, You see all yeah. the, the J.K. Rowlings. I just would hate for people to think that this is anything more than... An ugly set of trolls. Let me... Uh, I mean, the other thing that struck me as ironic, we can sort of close with this, is if I were a tennis player, I would emulate to the best I could everything. I would eat what she ate. I mean, she is I mean, that's far and away common the best sense. of all time. I'm just... I think Serena Williams' overall balance has handled her career fantastically well. She's almost 34. She's still dominant as ever. We're closing in on a 20-year career. 20 years. She's... You know she's gonna whether or not she ends up catching Margaret Court she's gonna retire as the best ever. The first next time she gets arrested is the. I mean just just go through the list and check all the boxes and if I'm starting out my career it's not even a question I'm gonna try to emulate her as much as I can. I'm gonna try and eat like her. I'm gonna try and schedule like her. I'm gonna try and train like she does. She's clearly doing something right. So the notion that we're giving credence to these other voices from lesser players I think is um, probably we, we we ought to pause there. But. Anyway, I appreciate your insight. We're going to do this again. Do it again. We'll talk real tennis, backhands, forehands, <laughs> break points, Kazakhstan,
1: quarterfinals,
0: <laughs> um, all of the above. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. You can read Elizabeth's pieces and her essay about her first time at Wimbledon, as well as some of her thoughts on Serena Williams and body issues on si.com. Thanks for stopping in.